Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Gucci podcast. Seen on Instagram, the house recently launched Gucci Gig, a collaborative project inviting musicians and artists to work together in representing their live performance in illustrations, photography and videos, characterised by backstage and onstage repertage, fan art and gig flyer design. Inside this original art are 12 musicians, including American soul singer Curtis Harding, interviewed today by Antoine Sargent. Hello, my name is Antoine Sargent. I'm a writer and critic um, who lives in New York. Um, today on the Gucci podcast, I'm with Curtis Harding to talk about his life as an artist, his music, and also his new collaboration with Gucci Gig. How are you, Curtis? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Man? I'm good. Let's jump in. Um, how did you get into music? Um, I started at a very young age, um, just traveling with my mom, who's a gospel singer, and uh, my family. We traveled around a lot because she would she would work the gospel circuit and sometimes ask us to uh, to sing. And, and I played drums um, with her on stage and accompanied her a lot of times. Um, and also just like other, other groups that would come through. Um, my sister, she also had um, a rap group <laughs> very young on, so I got into that. I got into hip-hop very early. I'm just watching her do stuff. And as I got older, it just kind of evolved to me doing my own thing and just hanging around my friends who had bands and stuff across the country and just like, you know, just hanging out with dudes that knew how to play. <laughs> did you, so when you were kind of traveling around, did you kind of pick up instruments like, or like, in, like playing instruments naturally or? Yes, yeah, natural progression. Never been to school for it. Um, just, they would just be around, you know, at church, at, at people's houses. Um, and we'll just pick them up and just play with them and just see what, you know, what we can come up with. When was the first time you wrote a song? Oh, man, the first song I wrote, well, the first time I wrote lyrics, I was probably nine years old. And it was like, it was a rap. It was just for like, uh, like, like I said, my sister, she rapped too. So I just wrote like this little, this little rap. My name is Curtis Harding, but they call me such and such and such. Just something super, <laughs> like super simple. So that was the first time that I wrote lyrics. The first song that I wrote, um, I was probably 18 or 19. And I wrote, just wrote a song, like a little love song about a girl that I like, you know. And um, yeah, that was it. How did those early experiences kind of influence your sound? Um, I think just like being exposed to different cultures and just like different ideas going across the country helped a lot. Um, it, it showed me that I didn't have to do just one thing or one style of music. I could like intermix like genres, you know what I mean? So I think that's the biggest influence that um that is that is had on my sound. I read that after touring successfully with artists like CeeLo, you moved to Toronto to kind of take space and think about music, your music and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, what did that time away um, teach you about being an artist? Um, so yeah, um, I went to Toronto, man. I was I was going through a tough space. Um, I kind of felt like I was. Um, just like drained on what I was doing, and I needed I needed uh, something new, and it was actually my first time um, as an adult, like leaving the country. Oh wow! And I had a friend there um, that used to live in Atlanta, and he moved. He was actually from Toronto, and he moved back. And I called him, and I was like, "Yo, man, I think I just need to get away for a minute. I was doing a little too much. It was around the height of just like the whole Niles Barkley success, and I was going out a lot and hanging out in a lot of places with like you know a lot of." 
namesakes and whatnot. So I just needed like a break from all of that. So I went there, man, and then that's actually where um, I started working on my first solo record, just writing it. So so powerful. Yeah, in that sense, you know, it's just kind of like I guess I, it's it's like when a writer goes off to kind of like write a book or something. Right. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but that's actually what happened. I started like writing my first record, not knowing what it was going to be. Um, and I think I needed that space and that time in order to do that, to kind of reflect on like everything that I had been going through and everything I had encountered. So, yeah. You kind of after um, leaving Toronto, um, you've released two solo projects, Soul Power 2014 and Face Your Fears in 2017. How has your sound, music and concerns as an artist changed over the years? Um, well, as far as the sound, I've, it's just it's just progression, natural progression. I think I've gotten better. I like to think I've gotten better mm-hmm. um, over the course of the years. You know, like if you're not getting better, then what's the point? Right, you know what right, I mean? right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the records are getting better, and just like uh, just just in general, my playing is getting better. Um, of course, is the foundation of the music that I do is soul. That's the foundation, but I like to intermix genres, like I said, and I think that um, as long as you're being progressive, whatever you're doing then you're on the right path. So, yeah. How long did it take you to record that album, So Power? A couple weeks. It's like two weeks. Um, was that, that seems like a quick turnaround. Yeah, it was a quick turnaround. Um, it, uh, I think because I had already knew what I wanted to say and I had kind of had everything mapped out, that that process, uh, the recording process was a lot easier. So, um that's not really normal time frame for 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 artists to do. Um and like I said, it just depends on like what how much work you have done beforehand. I guess with anything. So, and I was also working with a very small budget. <laughs> <laughs> um what for Soul Power um what was the message of that uh, that record for you? Um just the the power within mm-hmm. that keeps you uh, just keep you mo- keeps you moving, uh, pushing you forward, and that's what it was about to me. It was just like you know, you might not have um, very much, but you do have soul, and within that soul, you got power mm-hmm. to like push you and keep you moving forward. So, and that was like that was my message at that time. Um, hopefully, you know, um, people got it, <laughs> but yeah. that's the, I, I wrote that record mainly for me. Like I said, it was just like it was it was something that I felt like I needed to do. One of the things that um, you talked about is you love writing about love and uh, Need Your Love, that record. Um, it's, it's you know, ostensibly a record about, you know, you falling for a girl and needing that girl. and mm-hmm. um, But the visual was kind of the celebration of kind of love and in many different forms, right? Um, right. You have um, kind of kids expressing love. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, like queer expressions of love, mm-hmm. you have, you know, there's all of these mm-hmm. um, different expressions, which, you know, really kind of was a beautiful way to visualize that. I was wondering what was for you, what made you kind of write that record um, and how um, did love or how do, or, and what did you want to say about love? I was wondering for you, what made you write that record and what were you trying to say about this idea of love? I mean, just what you had, you 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 touched on before that it takes on many forms mm-hmm. and it's like, it's all the same. You know what I mean? Like when people ask me about God, like what is God? I'm like, God is love. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That is the ultimate definition to me of what it is. And it takes on many forms. And like um, the, the topic of love is kind of cliche, you mm-hmm. know, some would say, but I think that it's, it's, 
is still relevant and it's like it's the most interesting to talk about because like love leads to a lot of stuff love sometimes leads to hate it sometimes right. leads you know what i mean it leads right. to fear and it's like we were talking about it before outside we're just like you know like is love really real or is it just like a brain thing that happens you know but some in some forms man it's just like it's it's powerful mm-hmm. it's crazy you know, one of the things that I like in watching videos of you performing, like mm-hmm. you have like really great style. And I was wondering Thank you. Um, how does style play into um, kind of your stage presence and who've been some of your style icons? Um, man, if you don't, if you got bad style, then <laughs> what are you doing, man? Style is like, it's everything, especially when it comes to just like, just anything you do, like aesthetically, musically. It's like if you don't have your own style, then you don't have a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's right. like you that's that's the way that you leave your mark. Um, that's that's ultimately your legacy. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like even writing styles, it's just it's all sorts of styles. But um yeah, right. Man. That's I mean, I think that is really kind of a really interesting idea is that style can, you know, obviously talk about right. clothes and 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 that's really great, but it also right. talks about kind of kind of more kind of intrinsically, like how do you express right. yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like I guess the goal is to be able to do that um as openly and as honestly as you possibly can. So it's like once you figure that out, um, once you're able to be honest with yourself, then then like the world's your oyster, man. Like, you know, you you become less afraid and um, you're open to like to actually venture out and add other things to you know to your own your own personal style. Right. That's how you come up with it. So yeah, that's very important. But as far as like aesthetically, like my mother was my biggest style icon. Like, she made what um, did she used to wear? She would she would like make her own clothes. Man, she she was like a, a fan of like zebra print. Oh, like wow. very yeah. early on when I was a kid, like we would have curtains that were like zebra print, just like <laughs> crazy stuff, man. Like. So she was, she was, she would make our clothes too. I mean, they, I used to get made fun of at school, but like, you know, I thought my mom was awesome. I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy, man, that she can do all of this stuff." And uh, musically, like Bo Diddley was one guy that I used to look up to, just because his guitars were like signature. They were like square shaped, these crazy colors, and just like, you know, his his vibe and his flair, and even his the way he he played the guitar and he moved. He had his own rhythm, um, right. the Bo Diddley rhythm, you right. know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bo Diddley is definitely one of them too. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's it's a lot. Actually, too many to like run down the list. Sly Stone was another one who had amazing oh, yeah. style. Yeah, <laughs> you know style. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Gucci Gig invited musicians and artists to collaborate in order to create a glimpse into. Um, the, their backstage kind of creative process, right? Kind of what's behind um, the music in a way, mm-hmm. um, which has resulted in both the kind of pop-up concert and original art um, highlighting Gucci's new eyewear collection, um, the glasses worn by artists like you mm-hmm. um, to kind of frame their point of view. Um, for your collaboration with Gucci, you collaborated artists Matt Correa and John Zabawa on a video and poster um, and stage passes and LP cover. Um, how is it like working with Matt and John, who also, um, at least Matt, has a musical back has a music background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt is a drummer and also a very good photographer. He's the type of uh, photographer that can walk into any situation and get a good photo. You know, not just one, but multiple shots. And that's one thing that I noticed about about him very on. He always has a camera with him, multiple cameras. And um, yeah, man, he he's he's basically just like 
a visionary genius in my opinion. Yeah. You know, he can see stuff like that other people cannot see. One of the what's kind of interesting about the the collaboration you guys did, it's like a day in the life. Um right. some of the images are black and white. Mm -hmm. Um some of them you're wearing a suit, um a white shirt, some really great glasses. Um and then some of them kind of kind of harken back, the posters harken back to nineteen late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies, kind of psychedelic um movement. Um, can you talk about the vibe you're trying to create um, with this project? I think um, it's basically what you said, just like a day in the life, just kind of just hanging out. Um, before, um, the idea was to do something like before the show and then just kind of just like after the show, just hanging out, what we would do. Um, but it just kind of evolved into us really just, really, really just hanging yeah. out, you know, and him just like taking natural shots. Um, um, he had like a... He had a skateboard in his car because he skates as well, too. He skates and surfs. And you're just like, yeah, let's just skate around for a minute and just, like, take some shots. Let's... Where did you learn to skate? I really don't. You don't? <laughs> no, I really don't. Like, I skated when I was younger, but I'm more of a cruiser than, like, okay. a skater. I'm right. not, like, doing any crazy tricks, man. I'm, I would never be a professional skater, so. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, but I, I really don't, man. I can I can stay on the board, but that's about it. Um, so is, are the, is, is the images and the the collaboration is it is this like part of your pre-show routine do you like hang out how yeah. do you get ready for a show yeah we just hang out man we hang out um we'll have maybe have a couple drinks we'll go eat and that's pretty much what we were doing just like walking around just taking in some of the sights around uh around the venue that we were at so where, where did you guys shoot this um it was right off of santa monica close to um gold diggers it's this place called gold diggers it's like a venue hotel and um like a studio in the back actually and and because there's such a like heavy kind of 1970s kind of aesthetic vibe, what is it about that period? Because like you're also a sold um, sold musician. What is it about that period that has kind of attracted you aesthetically, but also mu uh, musically? It has some of the best style, man. Mm -hmm. um, like again, like we we were talking about that. It has some of the best style. And I was born in the 70s. I caught the 70s right on in 79, baby. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I just think it's just it's it's just like in my DNA. You know what I mean? Just to have, just to have that, um, that vibe. And I've always loved like the big glasses and even bells to some to some degree. Like if it's come back, um, largely that I've seen, but like not everybody can pull it off right, properly. Right. You yeah. know, what I mean? that, so yeah. it's like it's like I've always loved that that aesthetic and that vibe. What do you have coming up? Uh, I'm just working on a new album, man. Working on that. Um, I have a feature and a film that's coming up uh, later this month. Um, don't really want to, I, I don't think I can say too much about that just mm -hmm. yet, but yeah, just, just staying busy with music and, um, getting my acting chops together. And, and, and not to speak about the, the, the movie, but how has that acting as a creative expression, how has that affected, uh, you as an artist? Oh man, it's, it's like a, it's a different game. It's a completely different game, man. I went into it um, thinking it was just going to be like just saying some lines, and it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. It's just like camera angles and just rhythm of, you know, talking to or acting with another actor um, and just knowing your spot, just like being aware of the expressions that you're making with the emotions that, you're that you know what I'm saying, they want you to present. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, in that sense, um, getting into character 
uh, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, going into the studio and like feeling the song. Mm -hmm. But the difference for me is, is that like when I'm, when I'm singing something, most of the time I have written what I'm singing so I can feel that emotion. So, but in acting, you have to like, uh, you have to read the part of the character and just kind of like uh, find somewhere to relate with that character, but also like be yourself within doing that. So that's a challenge within itself, just like learning how to do that and just trying to get better at that. But it's a, it's a good challenge. It's one that I'm up for. One of the things you just talked about is writing your own mm -hmm. lyrics. How What is that process like? It just depends, man. Um, I could be... I can be in a restaurant eating a sandwich or something and then like hear someone right, talking. No, no, right. Yeah, exactly. And just something will come out. Or like I can be in the studio just like, you know, strumming away at the guitar or playing a bass line and like have a melody and then come back to it and then like I listen to it again and then like that melody will strike an emotion and it's like, you know, I feel like lyrics for the most part for me just come from somewhere else. I'm just like, uh, I'm just there to like, you know, transmit them through, you know? So, but yeah. What are you listening to these days? Oh, man. I try not to listen to anything right now while I'm recording. While you're recording. Yep. Yeah, because I, I don't want it to, like, I don't want that to kind of, like, bleed over into what I'm doing. But um, I'm a classic guy, man. I still stick to the classic stuff because that stuff is, it It never gets old. And it always has, um, it always has something that you can can learn from from it. You know what I mean? As far as a musician, it's like that stuff has already been done. And I think that, that a lot of times, a lot of musicians try to recreate that, and it's it's impossible, man. I think that you can like you can like I said, add on that foundation, but you can't redo that stuff. That stuff is so good. My last question is: as a soul musician, what does soul mean to you? Oh, uh, soul, man. Soul is the soul is the way that the way that you sit in a chair, the way that someone walks, the way they talk. Um, it's experience. It means so much, man. It's love, it's hate, it's pain, it's, it's, it's mainly experience. It's like when you see someone who has a lot of soul, for me, you can tell that they've, they've experienced some stuff. You know what I mean? And that just like, it just plays into like the way they dress, the way they sit, the way they talk, the way they move, um, what they talk about. You know what I mean? Like, that's what soul is to me, man. Cool. Curtis, I wanted to thank you for coming on the Gucci podcast today. Thank you. And thank you. Keep making music. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the first episode on the Gucci Gig Project. Discover more in the episode's notes and stay tuned for more episodes to come.